Hey, football freaks, it's Alan. Just want to take the time here to let you know that this week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. If you're thinking of doing a podcast, there is a way for you to do a show without having to become an audio editing master, a production whiz kid. You can just go to prettyeasypodcasts.com and get your own personal producer at a very, very low cost. That'll be someone who can guide you, assist you, help you out with whatever you need, get your podcast off the ground. If you have an idea or a topic you want to talk about on a weekly basis, a daily basis, it doesn't matter. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com. Get started today. Take some of the hassle of starting a podcast off your shoulders and let the audio professionals at Pretty Easy Podcasts help you out. Pretty Easy Podcasts is where podcasters go to get their shows recorded and posted with a complete podcast studio at their disposal. Record from home or your office or anywhere, really. Pretty Easy Podcasts caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com, sign up today, be heard, have some fun podcasting, and don't let a lack of technical knowledge hold you back. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com today. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. is cooking it's still football but it's professional football reimagined this is our moment our story to tell this is history begun this is the xfl welcome football fans this is the week of october 13th 2019 this is the road to 2020 and this is the xfl show i'm alan I'm Jake. I'm Vince. And I'm Bryant. This week, the XFL released the entire list of eligible players for next week's XFL draft. Now it's time to dive deep into the draft pool to see which players might stand out above the crowd. It's episode 91. We're mock drafting 17 weeks away from kickoff in February. Closer than ever, Jake and... What a week it's been with the rollout of season tickets, the announcement of the XFL draft, the announcement that Bryant and I, as part of this is the XFL show, will be at the XFL draft. I I can't believe it. We made it this this far, but we've gotten this far as a show with still 17 weeks to go. I mean, pat ourselves on the back, right? Yeah, a lot of people, they wanted the draft more than scheduling or, or team names. That's Vince or, and I. Uh, or logos, and you're finally going to get it this coming week. And you two are going to be there, you know, in the headquarters to cover it while Vince and I are going to be manning the home base here. Yes, and we're going to be all about the draft next week, Vince. I mean, it's going to be, we're going to have war rooms. We're going to have roar rooms. We're going to have all sorts of action on the social media, all sorts of action on the podcast feed. It's going to be insane and a lot to keep up with. So hopefully today can set us up for that. Yeah, yeah, this is a this is a big time event as far as I'm concerned. You know, a, a lot of people I've talked to, you know, they they just want to they you know they keep saying who's going to be in this league. You know, who, who's going to be on this team? Who's going to be on that time? Who am I, team? Who am I rooting for? We're, we're going to find out. You know, the majority of those players uh, this coming week. I'm very excited about it. You know, people are going to be saying, "Ooh, you know, we got you know we got." Uh, 
I don't Trent Richardson. I can't wait to get my uh, my Renegades Trent Richardson jersey. People are going to be saying that kind of stuff come Wednesday. I'm hoping Bryant come uh, you know Tuesday for the XFL draft has has some jerseys mocked up for us to wear while we're there at headquarters. <laughs> I want to wear my my LA Wildcats jersey. Hook it up, Bryant. <laughs> Uh, I've done plenty this week leading up to the draft. I think those are going to have to wait until after the draft, so I don't get those wrong. For yeah, sure. you turned into some kind of scout this week getting ready for just this episode, didn't you? I'm an analytics guy. I love uh, sabermetrics and things like that. So you guys might you, – you and Vince, I feel like, look at a player and, and just know by looking at him. I need numbers. I need stats or else I would have been lost in this draft. So that's where I'm at. Did you pay for Pro Football Focus specifically Never. to be ready for this episode? Never. No, they, they, those stats, those stats are so subjective. You know, you you can't oh. even look at those things. And be like, oh, that's true. Might have been a good idea to do that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't. Possibly. I, I want to know. I really would love to get a glimpse at what kind of uh, data and what kind of scouting each of these coaches and their staffs have for every team. I mean, the research that had to, has to go into picking seventy players and that, and also your assigned quarterback. But the, I mean. This is an intense amount of research. You got to imagine, Vince, that each team is putting into the uh, next Tuesday and Wednesday's draft. Yeah, it, it ain't it ain't the NFL draft, that's for sure. It's not like you need to identify seven players. You got to identify seventy players in order uh, in order to build your club. Uh, it is go. This is a huge undertaking for the for these coaches. I mean, you know, the, the countless hours that they must have. Uh, put in you know really probably starting with the showcases o- over the summer you know they've been preparing for these two days coming up and, and i can't wait to see how it shakes out yeah and so today we're going to have kind of a, a little mini preview not only just a fun exercise but also hopefully throw some names out there that we we recognize uh you know we have done a, a limited amount of research or a lot if you're bryant um, and looking at some players' names, going over the showcase stuff that we saw, and we're going to talk about some players today and also draft strategy some more, which we began last week for each team. Now that we know where they're picking in this draft through the five phases, we'll get into all of that. But also on our last episode, if you, if you didn't catch it, we had an episode earlier this week. Episode 90 came out earlier this week, and we did a two-episode a week this week because uh, it was a big week. I mean, to say the least. So we already had an episode, so go check it out. Oliver Luck joined us. He explained the process of the XFL draft, how it's all going to go down, and also the philosophy behind creating the five-phase format. Check out the full interview on our YouTube channel or just listen to the full episode on the podcast feed or YouTube as well. It was uh, very informational, uh, very illuminating, and... uh, one of our biggest shows ever, I'd say, Brian. It was a fun one, and hopefully we top it uh, with this one, which is going to be a lot different. That was informational and descriptive. This is going to be a lot of arguing and telling each other, you're wrong. You sh- they should do this. <laughs> yeah, and if you if you watch, uh, well, we were live on YouTube for that episode this past uh, Thursday, and it was, it was pretty informative. I thought Oliver Luck gave some great insight. If you go to YouTube and you find the video, there were some cool uh, graphics that we did, scrolls, and gives you a lot of the, the breakdown of what's happening this Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, but you're right, Alan. That was very descriptive. It was very, uh, you know, fact, as I said on that show. Uh, this one's going to be a lot of fun. We might not talk to each other on Tuesday and Wednesday after this show uh, when we're out there in, uh, 
in Connecticut uh, for the draft. Yeah, that's this is going to be interesting. It's we're going to get a peek at each other's football philosophies and also what we think each team is going to be thinking going into this draft. This is what you know getting ready for a draft's all about, Vince. Except the stakes are way higher and it's a lot more thorough. It's unlike anything uh, you know you're you're going to experience uh, if you are a draft Nick, as as they like to call, as we like to call them, Vince, because. This is like a once-in-a-lifetime event. You said it's a big event. I'm saying once-in-a-lifetime. How often do you get to have league-building drafts? It's never going to happen again. Yeah, yeah. Sir. Uh, probably not in, in professional football for, for you know quite a long time. Uh, it, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's just, it, even as an outsider's perspective, very interesting to see because usually, you know, you're getting ready for a draft and, you know, you're looking at Kuyper's Jr.'s big board <laughs> or you're looking at, you know, who – Jay Billis thinks you're going to be uh, taking. Well, here, you know, th- there is none. You know, th- there there is no, uh, there isn't much uh, coverage. There are no XFL uh, draft experts, um, you know, out there. The guys have really been studying this for a long time. Uh, so th- this is, yeah, like you said, a very unique thing, a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Uh, very interested. Yeah, the audience uh, has been short. We're the experts now, man. That, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I've been using Bryant as my expert. Wait. Oh, he keeps he keep wanting me one. to – he keeps sending me email where he wants my PayPal information to get more information. But <laughs> for, I, I'm not bugging. Buggy. First of all, Bryant's hair is nowhere near Mel Kuyper Jr. If anything, he's <laughs> he's more of a Todd McShay. And se- second of all, besides – you're right, Vince. Besides – uh, everybody in the the war rooms of the eight XFL teams and everyone in Stamford, outside of those walls, uh, you know, there's there are there there aren't those the experts or the people who are capitalizing. We could say on this draft because this is an intensely researched, high stakes draft for each of these teams. This is the league building process. This is the team building process. A lot on the line. You need to be aware of what players are able to do, the abilities of these players. The scouting is gonna is was intense going into this thing. It is super exciting and and crazy to think that uh, they're going to be able to get this done in two days because this is going to – I mean, this is difficult. We're just going to do a mock draft here in a little bit, and I know it seems daunting to just us, and we're not even coming close to 70 rounds. We're just going to do one pick per phase coming up. But, yeah, this is an an insane type of event that really we need to soak in because it's rare. and also, if you, like Brian said, did, do not know exactly how this thing's going to go. We're going to lay it out a little bit later on, but really go back and listen to last episode that came out earlier this week. And on YouTube, you got a visual representation too, because it shows you kind of like a traditional dra- draft ticker, but how it works, because this is a five phase draft that is going to be picked, as t- players are going to be p- selected by position in each phase. So. Go check out the last episode. It was awesome. There was also a lot of information on season tickets in that one, too. So please check out episode 90. This is, I'm sure, the first Bryant of many weeks where we'll have more than one episode coming up with so much more information coming out about the XFL. Oh, you know, this this draft is is, is causing the, the two episodes this week, but definitely we're going to be totally in this two-episode mode, I would think, as the season gets closer and closer. And when the season gets here, I've been telling you guys this for a long time, some of us just have to face the facts at this point and say, yes, we're going twice a week. Uh, There's just so much information and so much to come. We've been saying it for so long. Uh, The beginning of October was probably the last time we're actually going to get to have some fun with some speculation 
Uh, now it's 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 full throttle <laughs> ahead. We, we got doing. real information. What was that, Vince? Which we hate doing. We hate speculating. Uh, we did speculation for for 90 weeks, I think. We did it, it but okay. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, think of it think of it this way though, Vince. We speculated for that long and not once did we violate HIPAA. Yeah, that that makes me feel a little bit better about myself. Yeah, me too. I think we did a good job with that. <laughs> and I, I think we definitely did a good job with the help of Oliver Luck on last episode of laying out how the draft works, why it's going to be formatted this way. And uh, we're going to get into a little mini mock draft coming up here shortly. Where football goes to be reborn. Where football goes to be reimagined. Where one goes to find more of what they need. A place with endless possibilities and hidden gems. A place where only one's limitations determine how much is explored. A place that gives you all the football you can handle and more. This is the XFL Show's Patreon, guiding you to February 2020. But first, let's get into some quick news and tidbits that are coming out right before the draft next week uh, regarding player salaries and also a high-profile player that some were speculating, there it is, speculating again, might be a part of this XFL draft. In this week's cover two. Going for two. Go for two and the lead. I guess it would be this week's second cover two. I don't know. All right. Yeah, here it is. The cover two. Number one. First item here. A memo to agents was, uh, I guess, leaked or uh, reported by Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. Uh, The XFL sent a memo to agents detailing salaries for players the average pay, got to stress the word average pay for for some XFL players and essentially stuff we already knew, but we see the, you know, football media reporting on it, uh, Pro Football Talk, Darren Rovell of the Action Network, Yahoo Sports, uh, a lot of other outlets had articles on this info that came out from the memo and they all kind of spun it in, in a similar way uh, and were surprised at what these details were, but Really, Bryant, when you look at what was reported and and revealed in this memo, a lot of it is the salary structure we've known about when we've been talking about the tier system in the XFL for a while now. Yeah, it's been reported that I think a lot of people took this as this is how much each player is going to make. I think the word average was thrown out there as well. Um, We we had reported on some of these facts after the uh, summer showcase. Uh, I was able to talk to I, Alan. I spent the time to talk to Eric Galco Mm -hmm. at one of these summer showcases and confirmed uh, that there were going to be some win bonuses, some roster bonuses, just like this. It's something we've known. I guess there's probably more eyes on the league now, which is good for the league. Uh, and, and people are reporting this as as new news. But yeah, it's, it's basically in line with the structures that we've said. Oliver Luck has kind of faded away from using the tier, quote unquote, uh, verbiage. But I still feel like there's that tier structure um, that quarterbacks are going to get, maybe some top players as well as the the tier uh, threes and fours. Yeah, we know for sure those those assigned quarterbacks are going to make uh, around $450,000. The, the, the great info from this memo that came out that I'm excited about is we did get the details of the bonus pay, and that's really cool, Vince, because 
We've got active players. So if you're a starter, one of the 46 starters on a roster in a week of the XFL, your bonus we now know is going to be $1,685 just for being active. You get that bonus pay. Yeah, that's that's huge. And there's going to be a win bonus as well. Uh, $2,222. This was something that was huge during and, and heavily promoted during the original XFL in 2001. And Jesse Ventura was very famous for saying this. The pay, players won't just get paid to play. They'll get paid to win. And I know that Jake is all about this incentivizing for players on the field. That's why he was drawn to the XFL originally back in the day. <laughs> Jake, if, if, I know, if I know anything about Jake, is Jake respects people who earn earn their keep based on their merits, based on hard work, based on winning. Jake's all about competition. So with the numbers we now know, the win bonus there, Jake, the active player bonus, what do you think about the league incentivizing players to win football games? Do you think they're doing it? Yeah, they're doing it. It's the only, you know, it really is the only way to do it. If you're good enough to start, here's some more cash. If you win the game, here's some more cash. I mean, some of the numbers that were listed are, are a little misleading. I mean, sure, if, if you never make the active roster and you go 0 and 10, then, you know, yeah, it's, it's going to appear like you're going to, uh, you know, be pulling in a significant amount of, less significant amount of money than somebody that's better than you and you know is on a winning team and that's only fair i'm excited for this because the the win bonuses are enough i mean that's let's 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 face it these these are players who are not you know turning down million dollar deals and so for a one one week for winning a game to get over two grand that's nice. That's that makes you feel good. That makes the win feel even better. And winning always feels good. But when you add two grand on top of it, that's nice. And you know, when when you go out there, now we're going to get maybe pregame interviews, Jake, where the these players are going to say, "I have to win this game." Those guys, the, the Dallas Renegades and Bob Soups are trying to take food off my family's table. Yeah, something like that, or you know, looking at the camera saying, "You know, kids, if I win this game, I'm putting that down payment on the swimming pool." <laughs> Double Y. Yeah, above above, uh, above ground or in ground, Jake. It, it depends what the you know what your record is over the year, I guess. <laughs> the code in the in the in the state as well, I'm sure. It is pretty cool to see that uh, that you're that this is what they carried over from the original XFL. I always liked the fact that there was always this graphic that I can recall that it was between, I think it was a game between the Orlando Rage and the Birmingham Bolts. And it just said the average salary per player on each team. And it was just so interesting to me because if you remember the Birmingham Bolts were the last place team while the Orlando Rage won the dang thing on the East Coast. So it's going to be just an extra incentive to, to be your best out there to try your hardest. I don't see a problem with it. And and these couple thousand that we're talking about is, is not just slim pickings for some of these players. They're going to want that. They're going to do whatever they can to get it. Yeah, if you're so comparing. I love having a couple thousand more every two weeks. Yeah, you know, if, we all would. You know, and most of the people in the stadiums at these XFL games would, I'm sure. Because yeah, if you're yeah. comparing this to NFL contracts, which you shouldn't, because that's silly, that's apples and oranges, then yeah, that looks small, Vince. But when you compare it to the situation a lot of these players might be facing right now, I mean, think about so, some of the stories we've already heard about some players who, you know, had to had to escape 
poverty or, or had to, you know, go through some hard times. This is, these are awesome opportunities and, and it incentivizes players to really put a, a ton of effort into being great players and, and to showcasing good football, which is what it's all about. And, and the fact that quarterbacks are making so much more, which is how the Yahoo article I read uh, kind of spun this, that, oh my God, quarterbacks are making 10 times more than their teammates. Well, Hopefully, the names that come out with the assigned quarterbacks and the biggest names in the league are the quarterbacks, and they do draw some fans. And if they do, I think paying them more, it, it makes sense. I mean, you get paid for your contribution to the league, and if you're contributing to putting butts in seats or making the team better and being the best player on the team, you deserve to make more money, right, Vince? I mean, that's – I mean, if you – I mean, I hate to compare this to the NFL, but look there. I mean, quarterbacks are making 10 times more than, than a lot of other players on, on the team. Uh, you know, some of the top quarterbacks are making $20 million a year and, and fullbacks are only making, you know, maybe a million uh, as, as unfair as that may seem. Um, I, I can't, you know, we've, we, I hate rehashing this, but, you know, we talked about this on past programs, which you could go back into the archives and listen wherever you get your podcasts at. Um, we talked about how, you know, say even if you take the average salary, no bonuses whatsoever, $55,000 for, you know, a half a year's worth of work is pretty good and much more than a lot of people uh, in this country make for working two full-time jobs the entire year. Uh, so I, I don't understand the, 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 you know, crying about this. This is really just, you know, maybe, maybe people, uh, uh that are part of networks that aren't involved in this are, are making these kind of claims. I don't know. Yeah. yeah Vince, <laughs> you, you're, you're really not going to make that much of money in, in that limited time, unless you're on a, you know, a, a fishing boat in the middle of the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you're, or you're the guinea pig for some experimental drug. And, that, yes. <laughs> and, and do you think it's fair to say and, and I might I might sound a little cruel here, but do you think it's fair to say that if if a player themselves have an issue with the salary, then don't play? Yeah, no, that's I mean, not that's it, not cruel at all. It, it's right. You know, it's personal it's, responsibility. You these, exactly. You have these networks or or whoever is reporting that. Oh my God, look how much they're making. Blah blah blah. Whatever. It's up to the player, and if he thinks it's too little for his efforts I, on the field, then don't play. I, I think it's really just these people that want to make this look as you know minor league and bush league as, as possible. Well, um, I, I don't know. Ridiculous. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's weird. It's weird though. Yes, you 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 point out how like okay, Yahoo not affiliated with the XFL. Uh, Darren Rovell also put something out on this, and he spun it as, and he's been kind of. I would say he's been championing the XFL, at least reporting on it, honestly, but reporting on it, too, and making people aware. Uh, he attended one of the showcases, uh, and he's a well-known you know, business side of sports reporter. He reported on this story, and kind of, Bryant, he said the, the AAF no longer here means no competition, means the XFL is paying a little bit less than people anticipated. Do you see what he did as spin, like the way Vince is talking about? In a, in a way, but at the same time, it, it, he just re was reporting the facts of it all, and 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 I think that's all anybody should ever ask for is is just the facts that hey, 
I, the way I see it, and maybe this is the way Ravel sees it, is yes, the a, the AAF is no longer around, so the XFL really has no competition. And do they do they need to pay players? I mean, this is a business. This isn't you know charity. That we this isn't anything like that. This is <laughs> Vince McMahon, Oliver Luck are, are out there to make a business work. And if you could pay your players a little less while still being one of the competitive salaries out there, then why not do it? And that's why I think uh, Darren Rovell is basically spinning it when he's comparing it to the AAF no longer being around. Yeah, that's a yeah, just kind of, I, I think kind of a compare and contrast thing there. But honestly, all the info that came out, n- nothing new. I mean, we knew that a lot of the players in the league would be on the, the base tier, the bottom tier, and they would be making around a maximum uh, of around 60 thousand dollars ish and this the numbers that came out here when of course yahoo did some some ninja math and they made it seem like it's lower but they said if you're on a 500 team uh then you're gonna make around 55 so that's one way of looking at it but the fact is these these numbers have been out there the xfl did reveal their salary structure a while ago and we've talked about it um, but it's interesting to see how people are reporting on this. And then for for some media members and then fans also commenting on these reports, uh, Jake, when they say, oh, oh, am I, why would I go out there? Why would anyone go out there and risk their life playing football for $60,000? I mean, go, it's still a game. Playing a game for $60,000 over five months is pretty exciting, albeit it's a dangerous game, sure, but I I rather go – I rather, I mean, me personally, I would risk the dangers of football than uh, having to, I don't know, throw boxes Changing into a power UPS lines on a on a pole. <laughs> yeah, or throw boxes into a into a UPS or FedEx truck. I mean, that. Yeah, right? I, I'm I'm glad you said that because I was. That's something I wanted to bring up. You know, if an outsider doesn't think it's worth somebody, you know, if if it's not worth an outsider to get their body beat up. Um, for that amount of pay, then that's fine. But but these guys are electing and choosing that it is worth it for themselves and their families. Yeah, I like that the people who make those comments generally aren't people who've played football their entire life, like prospective XFL players who have dreamt about playing football professionally, and also are, are often people who don't even do any kind of physical labor for their job. So. Yeah. Well, also, for the first 24 years of your life, aren't you risking the playing football for free? Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. not even getting paid for the first 24 well, years of your life if you're playing football. It depends where you go. Down. Legally. 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 <laughs> um, this is, I mean, this is more pay than a lot of, you know, minor league baseball players. Oh, my God. Yeah. And minor league hockey players. I mean, you know, which are sports that are just as dangerous, in my opinion. Uh, so, I don't. I I just don't get it. Yeah, it's really interesting to see how how people will spotlight the the safety concerns all of a sudden, but the, and they and they look at the the salary structure. I mean, it's what first of all, like we cannot reiterate this enough. These numbers have been known for a while. This memo to the agents was, I guess, an official document of that, maybe. But Oliver Luck has gone on shows and talked about this before. And also, just the, the the standard football is held to compared to those other sports. Vince is also very interesting because minor league baseball players have been having to take buses in between cities in Idaho and Iowa for like thirteen grand for a year for for many many years. These guys don't make that much money on the low the low levels of minor league baseball, and 
it's it's funny to see. And these players are also, don't forget, going to be uh, playing on ESPN and Fox uh, in front of national audiences, and they also are going to have opportunities to showcase their talents and maybe earn themselves, who knows, maybe <laughs> endorsements. Do you think the game tape itself is worth $55,000, probably? The the game tape of of the from an XFL of you game? playing, you know. I'm just saying, like, is that like in value wise, getting game tape of professional of you playing professional football might be worth the fifty five thousand dollars. This could lead you to oh millions of dollars going yeah. forward. It, yeah, the value that you're getting. I guess we could say we talked about value with yeah. season tickets and the value you're getting for twenty bucks. The value you're getting as a, as a player for fifty five thousand dollars is quite astonishing. Oh, and also, yeah. I mean, it, if well, sorry, Vince, but like in in that same vein, Brian, like if you're a player and you don't feel like you're good enough to go out there and put that game tape out there for it to get recognized and for you to get to that million dollar level, that huge contract in the NFL, then. You know, I mean, if your goal is just to be an XFL player, that's cool. But like a lot of these players, they have egos and they also think, you know, highly of their own talents. And they also have those goals of making tons of money playing football. And you don't I mean, does a play, coach want a player who doesn't think they're, you know, isn't that competitive or doesn't think they're that good, Vince? I mean, that, these players want to go out there and prove something. Yeah, I mean, th- this is, you know, I mean. You know, just to, yeah, to prove maybe, you know, in a lot of these guys, you know, prove that you still got it, you know, and, you know, in, in other cases, you know, proven that, you know, hey, you do belong maybe, maybe in the NFL and you could really showcase that. And even if you don't, I, it's, it's pretty good living for five months. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, he- yeah, exactly. You know, I don't hear, you know, any complaining about how, you know, uh, how, you know, somebody could go play football for, you know, Southern corner Louisiana state university and uh, for, you know, probably barely on a scholarship uh, and nobody's watching the game here, you're actually getting paid and it's going to be broadcast for for millions of people to to watch. And and who knows what could come of that? I mean, you know, if if you think this is ridiculous, then, you know, you got to take a long, hard look. At you know football being played across the country uh, in in something that's not you know big time college or NFL. Amen, amen. So, uh, well, interesting, interesting, different takes from uh, people who are now reporting on this news we've known for a while. But uh, we'll continue to monitor it and see how uh, you know this the salary structure of the XFL gets painted by some people. Uh, we'll continue to talk about it just as it is and, and react to it how we do, but. Uh, it's fascinating, fascinating subject regarding to the the startup league itself. Um, part two of this week's cover two, probably a short, short conversation here, Jake, but it was reported and then retracted and some people thought it might be real, but it wasn't. Terrell Owens, not part of the XFL draft pool. Are you disappointed? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed, but I never took this as legit or thought it was <laughs> credible to begin with. <laughs> Well, you, you know why he, he's not part of the draft pool. And, why? And you know, it, because in this case, T.O. stands for tier one. And <laughs> he, <laughs> that's why he does not need to be a part of the draft pool. He will be assigned a team, I'm sure. Oh, geez. Speculation again <laughs> uh, from Vince. Right eight there. quarterbacks and one receiver. I don't know about that. <laughs> if, you see a, if you see a team on 46-year-old receiver. Hey, 
<laughs> take a quarterback. If you see a team on, on Tuesday take a quarterback with their first pick in that phase one of skill positions, you know where T.O. is going. <laughs> well, we're su- we're supposedly – this show's coming out this, you know, this weekend. We're recording Saturday morning as I watch John Goodman on College Game Day. And uh, the we're supposed to hear these assigned quarterbacks before the draft, as Oliver Luck told us the other day, so – we're going to – T.O. is not going to be a part of that group, Vince. Quit trying to speculate and spread fal- false rumors about T.O. We're not in that business. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's just – I'm not – I wouldn't say it's hilarious, but it's crazy how somebody took this – or people took this as as legit and, w- and went with it, and no one has confirmed. I mean, think, that's a story that you have to kind of sit on until you hear something from the league because you don't just have T.O. in the league. You don't think the league would be all over this if T.O. was going to be playing football for, for the XFL in the spring. Uh, this is – it would have been cool. It would have been great, but at the same time, I, I just never – I saw. I think I saw it that it was debunked before I actually took it as Do you, part oh God, of this is happening. A slow burn? No. I think someone was just confused because there is a player in the draft pool named Thomas Owens. And they were <laughs> he's calling himself. Were they abbreviated T Owens and they just went went with it? Yeah, they were there's people were just confused. Um yeah. I, I I'm interesting to note too, a forty six year old receiver, speaking of some other older receivers, did you guys notice if Hakeem Nix was on this in this draft pool list, any of the five groups? I did not see him. I did not see him. No. Yeah. I mean, we'll sift through it some more here in a minute, but uh, there was a lot of players in the summer showcase. Most of them, I think, made this draft pool. Some didn't. T.O. not part of that group. Uh, Also, Oliver Luck the other day, if you listen to that episode or if you haven't, he did say that basically what I've been saying, while this draft is going to be big and there's going to be most of the teams are going to be structured based off this draft with how fluid NFL rosters are with January at the end of the season in that league, with the CFL ending their season coming up at the end of November. There could be some more players out there for the league to scoop up. And by the league, I mean the XFL. So by no means does this draft solidify these rosters once and for all for February, Vince, like I've been saying. Yeah, Alan, you have you have been on that. Uh, and it's... I I guess I'll I'll just say, you know, Tuesday's just going to be the first step. Yes, the biggest step for sure. A moment in time, yes. The biggest step, the most important step, but there will be other players after the draft, which will be make it even more fun to cover and talk about. But uh, this is probably going to be the most fun we have uh, leading up to uh, 2020, Vince, for you and I, because we we love a good draft. Uh, I never fathomed we'd be able to do a mock 70-person draft. But here we are, and unfortunately, we are ready to do a 70-person mock draft today on today's program. And Jake said, eh-eh, we're only going to do one player per face, a mini-mock draft, because time constraints. And there's football to watch on a Saturday and, a, and, and going into yeah. Sunday, too. Brian, I got a back-to-pack, too. I'm, like, I'm kind of against that 70. I got a back-to-pack. Bryant <laughs> yeah. needs, needs to also be watching, you know, all these college games today to scout yeah. <laughs> future players. I mean, there's a lot of freshmen and sophomores that could be eligible for, for the XFL next year. Yeah, Bryant Kuyper Jr.'s got to be doing some work. So we don't have <laughs> oh, we don't have the time to do a 70-person mock draft today. So what we're going to do is going to be a mini mock draft in this week's Hot Read. 
Football Freaks, it's Alan. Just want to let you know about a brand new football podcast that myself, Vince, and his wife, Pam, started. We want more people to hop on board and start listening because we are talking college football on a national scale with a very extreme Pitt Panther bias. It's called the Hell to Pitt Podcast, and yes, we do focus a lot on the Pitt Panthers, but if you just want to hear us talk more football, if you want a place to go listen to some college football talk, check out the Hell to Pitt Podcast, available on all podcast platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it, it's out there. Subscribe today, Hell to Pitt Podcast. It is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, and it is absolutely free of charge. Subscribe and review today. Hail to Pit. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And Rick Flair! Rick Flair! Pepper, Flip, Caliber. Motown, Happy, Jolly, Drunk, Buster, Burr, Tiger! I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. So it's a mini mock draft for us here on This is the XFL Show. Five phases, skills, offensive linemen, front seven, secondary, special teams, slash open selections. Those are the five phases of the XFL draft. Those are the five phases we're going to adhere to on this week's hot read. One player is going to be picked by each of us, Jake, Vince, Bryant, and myself, for each phase. After the draft, if there are any players that are left on the board we want to discuss or hype up, we'll do that. Uh, before each phase gets started in this mini-draft, we'll also discuss and predict how each team might approach that phase based on where they're picking. Jake is keeping us to a strict 90 seconds for each pick. And just so you guys know, whenever you hear this... Good crisp football. That means you're on the clock. So... It- fa- Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Brian. You have anything to uh, add? Alan, I was going to say, if you could also just add in there, because we didn't talk about it here, but we, 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 our lottery was based off. We put our uh, our names on in a tumbler, right? Okay. On t-shirts. Yes. Yeah. And, and we 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 made sure that we all got a, a fair shot at this draft coming up. These uh, the order we all chose. Yes, traditional Royal Rumble style, randomly selection, randomly selecting the lottery for the phases. In phase one, we'll get into it. Uh, in the XFL for the skill phase, quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, tight ends, the DC defenders have the first pick. The Houston Roughnecks are two. New York, def- or New York, excuse me, Guardians are three. D- Dallas Renegades four. Tampa Bay Vipers five. St. Louis Battlehawks six. Seattle will be seven. LA eight. In that order, in our order. I have the first pick. Vince goes to Bryant three, Jake four. Before we make our picks, what's your philosophy, and what do you think happens in phase one, Vince? Uh, you know, assuming quarterbacks are going to be assigned, um, uh, unless there is a you know a guy that you cannot possibly pass up, uh, I, I I don't see quarterbacks uh, going in in that you know, the first round of that phase. And I think, I think it is going to be re- receivers, you know, doing, uh, you know, being a fast paced league. 
I think if you if you can grab a guy that can you know be very reliable, good cardio, help help move the sticks, I think that's really what's going to be important if you could grab that guy. I, I'm I'm not I'm not 100 on that, Vince. Ten players in the round. I mean, there's definitely be a quarterback selected multiple in that in that skill phase by oh, teams. Sure. But I think there might be a quarterback selected in the very first round of that skill phase. And yeah, I see we talked about it. I see Pep Hamilton doing it with when his most his all of his success with Andrew Luck, a big a big young quarterback. There's a big young quarterback out there named Connor Cook that I think Pep Hamilton could do great with. Would not be surprised if a quarterback's the first pick of skill phase. <laughs> Round one. If you have the first overall pick, you're going to pick Pep Hamilton. Pep Hamilton has the first overall pick, so you're saying Connor Cook could go number one overall in this draft. Would not be surprised if a quarterback... I would be be 100% shocked if that happens. I think you're going to have to build your core receiving, your core running back game. I don't think... I think you can maybe stay away from a tight end, but definitely you're going to have to get your skill position. Uh, Jake, I know where you're going to go with this based on the episode 89. What are we on now? 91 or 89? We're on 91. So 89, uh, Jake, you were saying wide receiver all the way. That's your first pick. Uh, it's a good philosophy because now we are centrally, you know, it's only skilled players. So you have to go running back. You have to go wide receiver in this pick. Who's going to catch the ball? Who's going to run the ball for you? You already yeah, have someone that you potentially can throw the ball for. That's still what I think. But, I mean, going back to what the other guys are saying, if you know, Coach Hamilton, as far as we know, they're going to – to be assigned these quarterbacks, right? There's, there's not really. Well, they're assigned based on the court, the coaches want. Okay, so there is some negotiation. Yes. Some negotiation. Yeah, the coaches gave their list of the of quarterbacks they want, and the league is going to assign the quarterbacks based on which quarterbacks are available and based on the lists they were given by each team. That's I how mean, that you, you process always, is going to work. Everybody's going, you know. Everybody's going to have to have a backup quarterback or quarterbacks. It just depends if you want to use the number one overall pick on it. Personally, I would not, but you know, I'm going to hear what you guys are. Doing. I want as many good quarterbacks in my camp, so I think Pep Hamilton. I could see Mark Tressman uh, being coaches, general managers in this first skill phase, going quarterback, if not round one, but early in this phase. Uh, if I'm Hal Mummy or June Jones, Vince. I gotta have Quadri Henderson, who I saw is in this draft pool. Oh yeah, uh, a, a really a, a speedy, multiple use utility receiver, gadget type player would be great in those kind of offenses. Yeah, that's that's interesting that you bring that up. He he was somebody that I had targeted. Total pit bias, uh, yeah. by the way, but yes, somebody that you know in the return game. I don't think you're finding anybody better than him on these boards. I'll tell you that right now for special. Teams, but uh, you know somebody who could play running back, somebody who could play receiver. Uh, you know, maybe not the best route runner as as a receiver, but you know somebody if you get the ball in his hands in an air raid. In an air raid, yeah, you don't need to you don't need to be a great route runner. Could do a lot of damage. Yeah, I'm I'm also saying here for I'm looking at coaches and see trying to picture what they'll do. New York at three. Uh, I could see Kevin Gilbride going with. One of those running backs who has proven to be touchdown scorers and guys who had great careers in college who got a lot of yards. And if you look at if you look at the uh, the draft pool, Bryant, Donnell Pumphrey, Brandon Oliver, two guys who fit that mold. I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Gilbride went after one of those two. 
you know, I was looking at both of those as well. Can Kevin Gilbride get what he's looking for um, in terms of a running back? And then I think it's so interesting that some of these coaches are going to get the first player that they want, and they have no idea what's going to be left there uh, towards the end. It's very risky to me, honestly, to pick early in the skill position because you might get the one player you want, but you need five solid skill positions to be able to compete in this league, and, and you might not get the, your, your crack at another one. So, yeah, Kevin Gilbert might go after a running back, but he might not know what the heck's going to be available for him, um, you know, 20 minutes later at, on his position when he comes back around. Because you got to remember, this is a snake draft as well. Yeah, I. Yeah, you're right. I, I think this, I think this uh, the, the, based off the, the coaches general, slash general managers' tendencies, their histories, you could kind of – Envision what a guy like Kevin Gilbride will do. He's a balanced attack guy. I'm sure he wants good running backs, reliable running backs. I'm sure he's got a really good quarterback pegged to get assigned to the team. But then there are coaches like Winston Moss and Jonathan Hayes who are going into this for the first time. Now, we know Jonathan Hayes, offensive guy, tight ends coach for a long time with the Bengals. Winston Moss, a defensive guy, also an assistant head coach and a great uh, in- inspirational leader type coach, uh, but I have no idea what these guys are going to do with their first picks in the skill phase. Vince, do you? Uh, yeah, we we tried to guess this stuff on, on a previous episode. Yeah, we felt like Jim Zorn was going quarterback. Yeah, but, for sure. Know, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's it's really going to be difficult, and I've, I've been saying this. You know, each of these uh, each of these individual coaches are going to have their own board and I think their boards are all going to be drastically different I don't think it's like the NFL where you know there's always a you know a couple consensus guys that everybody knows are going to you know or the top you know five to ten players in the draft but here you know I think it's going to be you know wildly different across the board yeah fascinating right out of the gate skill phase I'm hoping Jim Zorn goes quarterbacks the first three rounds of the phase just or at least the first two just to make sure he has plenty to choose from come training camp which honestly might not be a bad strategy if you guys are ready though we're going to get into our quick mini mock draft of the skill phase are you ready jake i am ready okay i've got the stopwatch in my hand okay good and remember you have the last pick in this round up first alan is on the clock this is the xfl shows mini mock draft Skill phase number one. Good crisp football. And I don't need my full 90 seconds. With the first pick of this skill phase, I want as many quarterbacks to choose from. Good quarterbacks in my training camp. We select Connor Cook, six foot four quarterback, Michigan State. How do you like that? Up next on the clock is Vince. Good crisp football. Yeah, I was looking over these running backs and, and, and receivers, and I didn't see, you know, that one guy that really separated himself. So I'm actually taking a quarterback as well. Uh, and I think this guy is going to be better than maybe some of the tier one guys, unless I'm really surprised. And that's Eric Dungy as a quarterback out of Syracuse. He was in some NFL camps. This guy, this league is tailor-made for him, wide open, playing with reckless abandon. Uh, I really like this. Well, I, I will say before we get to the next pick, Vince, Eric Dungy uh, got picked up again by the Browns practice squad because they had someone go down. So he's been in and out of that practice squad, but he's still in this pool. So that's going to be one of the yeah. more interesting players to keep an eye on 
very athletic, but is out there uh, and available, even though he's on an NFL practice squad now, which, like I've been saying, you know, you got to keep an eye on those all the rest of the year because uh, a lot of those players are going to become available and they're going to in come in and out of those camps. Up next in our mini mock draft, on the clock is Bryant. Good crisp football. Yeah. All right, you guys have made this extremely hard for me. Well, not not because you picked two quarterbacks that I wanted, but because now you left every single player that I wanted still on the board because there's no way you need <laughs> to go quarterback first. Uh, you're I gonna see this you. You're going to see this tendency with me uh, because I'm going with experience. And, Alan, when I first put all these stats together, I told you what stats did I use. I used NFL preseason stats and uh, the Alliance stats. You said we need to look at college, so I pulled college for you guys. But I'm looking at experience uh, in the same kind of environment with with lower-end players, uh, the AAF specifically as well. How did they do in these leagues? Because that is what the XFL is going to be as well. So I pick, with my first overall pick, Jerule Presley uh, from the Arizona Hotshots. I guess you could say from New Mexico, too. Running back. I'm going to have him anchor my team. Yeah, that's a sound strategy. The The issue I have with... Uh picking on experience is uh you want especially the running back i kind of want legs i want get i want mileage bryant but i see where you're going there for sure uh i'm actually kind of surprised some of those players we you had on the list here that were in the aaf are even available because a lot of a those aaf players got picked up by nfl teams um coming up next yeah, I was to close up phase one jake is on the clock good crisp football yeah yeah, I, I'm not going to go with a quarterback. I'm going along the you know the same vein as Bryant, but I'm not going to go a running back. You know, a lot of these guys they got a lot of miles on them already. Uh, a little mud on the tires, and I, I'm going to stick with what I said two weeks ago. I'm going to go with receiver. That's why I'm going with Stacy Coley out of the U, drafted by the Vikings in 2017. He's got some experience. We know everybody's going to be assign someone to throw the ball but you need somebody to catch it uh, and any, if you're picking a guy who's a sub 4 442 which i have we have here on on our list here according to pro pro day and uh, combine numbers that's not a bad strategy jake although i want quarterbacks and that does it well that's that, that's <laughs> fine i i just i got one quarterback and that's all i want for right now <laughs> i don't i think this is the opposite vince if you got two quarterbacks or three quarterbacks, I think you got more. You got more. Now, not tra you know. Traditionally, you yeah. say you got none. I want choices in this in this training camp and mini camp. That's season. that's not a bad idea. Uh, you know, I that that's a little different for me. I, I haven't uh, I haven't quite experienced anything like that in quite some time. This is a very very uh, interesting. How different our our philosophies are. When you said Bryant, I. I don't know what to do. I have everybody on my board available. <laughs> I, I bet you that happens to one of these teams picking of the eight in the very in all phases, in each skill phase, or in each phase. It's skill phase, offensive it, line, all the way through. I, I said it on the last week's show. You only have 90 seconds to react to what people are doing in front of you. And if you don't make the right decision, if you're like pick seven, you have two minutes to come back at it. It comes right back at you again. So... Your draft can explode in front of your eyes without even knowing. Like it said, it just happened to me. I did not expect you guys to both come quarterback, so I had four players chosen. So now I have, I had four players available for me as well. Pick of the litter. So it, it can get, yeah. So it, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be quick. 
Um, but so everybody's got to be on their toes. You got to have a backup plan. You got to have contingencies. Uh, and you got to go with your gut sometimes as well uh, when the draft is only 90 seconds per pick. I cannot wait till after the draft and we hear where guys were on all the boards. Vince, do you think we're going to hear like anybody saying we're going to hear like after the skill phase, uh, Bob Stoops saying, well, we wanted this guy, but Gilbride took him at three right before us. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll hear some of that. What was it that the uh, New York GM said about uh, Daniel Jones? He was uh, the number one court player uh, on our draft board. We would have picked him number one if he was available or something like that. Yeah, David Gettleman. Yes, I mean that's everybody's got a different board, vastly different sometimes. And this is a board of seventy plus players. So, how different are these going to be? We'll talk phase two now, which is offensive line. I mean, this is difficult because there isn't stats as as much as there is, you know, just data on how big these players are and what they did in their their combines and their pro days i mean this is this is more difficult to as novice scouts to to go through here but my goal and my philosophy is i want five average linemen versus having one really good lineman and a bunch of bums vince i don't know about you but i i would like to be picking in the three to six range in this phase yeah, you're, you're really only as strong as your weakest link on the offensive line. Uh, so I, I I really think that's a sound strategy. Having to wait that long in between picks in a snake-style draft, Brian, as you brought up earlier, for offensive linemen, that might be an issue because your second pick could be a, a guy who, of lesser talent. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, probably in the, in the offensive line phase, it's going to affect you a lot just because you – Vince always brings up that point, and it's true. You're only as strong as your weakest link on the offensive line. I, I would say if you're the first picks, first one and two, you might be in trouble because you have to wait so long for that to come back to you. But after that, even the eighth spot, you get eight and nine. So that's two pretty solid uh, offensive linemen right there. But L.A. and Seattle, I worry about a little bit in this situation. But, again, the coaches are going to probably go with the best uh, linemen available. And sometimes that does also help. A very weak line and you also go back to the aaf jake the the toughest part to watch of those games were the offensive line struggle all of them all across that league struggling to protect quarterbacks a lot of them getting killed uh so this is probably i have to guess was the most difficult phase for you to prep for because it was for me yeah just getting you know ugh, you watch some of those aaf guys just getting run over pushed down you know thrown into the quarterback uh, you know Conventional wisdom would say you want to pick the heaviest guy out there. Um, but, I, you know, there, there's a number of other factors. So I, I do he want to hear what you guys say. And I believe uh, Vince is going to go first in this round. Yes, Vince is up first as we mini-mock draft phase two offensive linemen here on This is the XFL Show. Good crisp football. Yeah, I'm going to take – and this guy's been out of the game for a little bit, but I do remember him playing and playing at, at a very high level. Cyrus Quanjo, uh, he, he was a big offensive lineman out of Alabama, five-star recruit at, at the time. Uh, kind of fizzled out in the NFL one way or another, but this guy was, you know, big and nasty. Uh, this is some – and if, you know, you could harness that, that ability um, – to really get him motivated to to you know play and push people around again, this is definitely something I can see Coach Moss uh, really salivating over. All right, up next here in Phase Two of our mini mock draft will be Jake. Good crisp football. Yeah. Oh 
Well, I believe this is a first, Vince. You took my pick. Wow. Uh, but... <laughs> well, he does have a brother. I will say that that is also in the draft pool. But if I if I can't get somebody from Alabama, I might as well get somebody from Clemson. That's why I'm going with Taylor Hearn, 6'4", 320. He was undrafted, but that was in 2018. So I'm going to go with somebody that's, you know, a little younger versus someone that has been drafted by an NFL team a number of years ago, but is currently not playing. So I'm going Taylor Hearn. Bryant is on the clock. Good crisp football. So I, I did. I had a weird strategy for this one for offensive linemen because what I did is I sorted by Wisconsin and see who played for Wisconsin. <laughs> smart, <laughs> smart strategy. Uh, yeah. Although I didn't really like it too much. Uh, I'm going to go again with somebody who played recently, still a little young, has some size on him and a little bit of speed, played for the AAF as well for the uh, San Diego Fleet. I'm going, ter- <laughs> I'm going Terry Poole out of the University of San Diego State. Fourth overall pick in uh, 2015, so not too long ago. I'm sorry, not fourth overall pick, excuse me, fourth round. Uh, so definitely some validity there with some talent. Maybe didn't play out too well in the NFL, just needs a second chance. So I'm going to go with Terry Poole off the tackle. Adam you know what? For as, much as for as much as you have criticized the AAF, and rightfully so, it feels <laughs> like you're just letting them do all your dirty work. Scott. I, um, we are first committed all, to a long-term vision. I've, I've criticized that man right there, uh, Mr. Ebersol. Uh, but the AAF, in terms of the XFL, is there for you to use. And if it'd be silly for any of the coaches to completely ignore the alliance when it comes to picking their draft picks for this draft. Are, are the 90 seconds up here? Can I make my pick? This yes, is, yes. This is absurd. Allen's on the clock. Good crisp football. You sh- you should have gone with the Wisconsin guy. I thought I got scared you were going to take Connor. Con- was it Connor Sheehy? was the Wisconsin uh, lineman that's in this draft pool. But then I was scrolling down in our list here, and I said, oh, actually, I'm going to make a last-second change. Maya Tuema, who played for Southeastern Louisiana but transferred there from LSU and is a big, mean offensive lineman who can play multiple positions, had some personal issues, but harnessing those, getting the, the viciousness and the size of a player like that, I would love on my offensive line. So that's where I'm going with my pick in phase two i'm just hoping i'm picking where st louis tampa dallas or new york are picking three through six i think that i'm guaranteeing i'm calling the shot right now vince one of those four teams will have the best offensive line in the xfl <laughs> it could be a safe bet there speculate Alan, if i can say real quick um you know i just want to say congrats to our friend here sean hickey who was a guest on our show yes uh, for getting that uh the, dra- the draft pull invite so good luck to him yes Come good luck to it. sean hickey who we had on the show you can go check out his interview on a, on one of our past episodes i don't forget which exactly what number but he gave us a lot of uh insight into what the players were facing going into you know getting invited to the summer showcases and the draft pool and now he's made it there and hopefully we'll talk to him after he may uh, gets drafted by one of these xfl teams we are now in phase number three phase three will be the defensive front seven phase Tampa Bay is picking first in that phase, and it'll be uh, closed up by Dallas in the middle there. Defense, we're talking the L.A. Wildcats, Winston Moss, Bryant. Uh, Winston Moss gets a pick right in the middle of that round. Interesting for the defensive guy to have that spot. I don't know. In this round, I kind of want to have a top pick because my strategy is to have a coverage middle linebacker who could also fill fill gaps, and if I don't get that, I want to get me a good edge, edge rusher. What about you? 
I want I want a linebacker that's going to anchor my core. I want someone who's going to get a hundred plus tackles for the season. I want someone who, who can uh, read the the offense as, as well as possible. I played linebacker in high school. I mean that doesn't really compare to anything that these guys are doing. But at least they know that the importance of, of having a good a good crisp linebacker. So I'm definitely looking linebacker. I think it just shows your bias and you love linebackers more because you played linebacker. Okay, pit guy. That's okay, pit guy. <laughs> Vince, I have a question for you. Do you think it's safe to say one of these top three teams, Tampa, St. Louis, or Seattle, will select Terrence Garvin in the very first round of this phase? Uh, yeah, that would be uh, I mean, talk about a guy that was just playing at a high level uh, not that long ago. Um, Terrence Garvin, I he's definitely a first-rounder, I think. In this phase... Uh, Jake, you're picking three, but I want to know what your philosophy is, even though we got to wait a minute till you pick. Well, I, I feel like I don't want to give my philosophy away because <laughs> somebody else might scoop it up. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, it, it'll it'll be explained once I make the pick. Okay. What, well, what about like the first, what do you see Tampa Bay doing at the top of this phase? They're picking first St. Louis and Seattle following them. Uh, where do you want to be if you're one of these XFL teams? Is it top, middle, the back end of a snake-style draft in the defensive front seven phase? Well, I mean, there you know, there's there's good and bad for everything. I I think for the skill, <laughs> I think for the skill position, it, you know, it, it would be more advantageous to take number one rather than uh, you know number one in any of these other categories. In this in this one, it's I think it varies is what you're getting at there. I think Jake and uh, you're right. There there. Are, pluses and minuses to where you're picking here and i think there's some standouts in this group let's see how we all think though in our mini mock draft phase number three bryant is on the clock good crisp football so it took me a little bit to understand what exactly i wanted to do uh then i figured out it was linebacker i'm I'm going to stay with my same kind of mentality where i'm going with experience in in spring football I'll call it then if you guys don't want me to call it the AAF. It was hard for me to choose. I had a couple of... I'm going to go with linebacker. Uh, man, I can't believe it. I knew it was number one, too. I'm going to go linebacker. Andrew Jackson out of Western Kentucky. Played for the Memphis Express. Uh, I had him ranked as one of my highest uh, uh, linebackers in the AAF uh, when that league was around. So I'm going to go with Andrew Jackson, linebacker out of Western Kentucky. All Fast right, guy. By the way, under five forty. More He's AF a president, also. Yeah, I don't know about that. Allen is on the on the clock. Don't get political during the draft, Jake. All right, I'm taking Terrence Garvin. Easy pick. He was like the most dominant player in the AAF, and he has NFL experience. Enough said. Take that, Vince. Easy pick for me. Jake is on the clock. Good crisp football. All right, I'm going to go with linebacker Gianni Paul out of Utah. He also played in the spring league for uh, for Salt Lake. You know, he's not coming out of school in 2016, so he's not as recent as some of my other picks, but he does have recent experience. Like it. All right, Vince, you're closing it up. In phase three, you're on the clock. Good crisp football. Yeah, I, w- I would have taken Garvin had he been available, but uh, I, I'm – going with he's listed as a linebacker but you know played defensive end in college could probably play you know a, a hybrid of positions and that's James Folston uh, out of pit uh this kid you know a, a you know was a little undersized as, as a defensive end but you know but an outstanding athlete and I will say one of the best bodies in this entire draft 
but in terms of size, strength, speed, what are you talking? Just, about? just, just his look. One of the best <laughs> bodies. I mean, this Vin, guy. Vince, I never, Vince, I never took you for a body guy. He is just shredded for a body you know, from top to bottom. You can see every muscle on this kid's body. He's in tremendous <laughs> athletic condition. Excellent nutrition. It's very important. Uh, hopefully, it translates to the field. Uh, there are also some standouts on here. A lot of guys in the in the linebacker position and defensive line positions. Uh, that have NFL experience and AAF experience. Guys like Coney Ely, who played a lot in the NFL, Obum Guachim. Um, do any of us even pick a, a defensive lineman, or do we all go linebacker there? No, well, Vince was the closest, but we all basically did linebacker. Wow. Well, that shows. It, it was something I struggled with, but I, I ended up with linebacker ultimately. I cannot wait to see how the, the XFL teams pick in that phase because there are some quality linebackers and defensive linemen. I would, I'm venturing to guess the first four are going to be linebacker. We shall see. Phase four is going to be secondary, defensive backs, corners, safeties. Let's get into it. The AAF developed a lot of good defensive backs that were rated by the NFL. A lot of those players that went from the AAF to the NFL were defensive backs. And if you ask me, uh, these, these XFL teams are going to have a lot of experienced guys to choose from but i have to believe they're going to go with young guys that maybe we don't know a lot about in this one this was this is going to be difficult you're going to have to do a lot of uh a lot of researching on on cone drills and scouting uh combine numbers and hopefully they got a good eye test at the summer showcases i don't know how you guys looked at it this one was tough for me vince you're starting us off in phase four you're on the clock good crisp football yeah this is this was the hardest one for me trying to find you know a yeah I mean a quality player because I know yeah you know, a lot of these guys you know I, I you know some of the older ones I have heard of but you, you wonder you know what do they still have left in the tank um, and, and that's why I'm, why I'm going with uh, with Stephen Roberts uh, a safety out of Auburn uh, was an undrafted player um, but. Uh, in the NFL a, a couple years ago, um, but still relatively young and, and has some good speed and, and you know can play a, a safety or a corner position. All right, next up on the clock, Allen in Phase Four. Good crisp football. And we've been talking about him, and I, I, I'm going young with my pick in my secondary. I want guys who are athletic, who can go. Who could, who could cover, who could keep up and play the entire game and not come off the field. And I'm hoping Kenny Robinson Jr. is ready. Leaving college early to go pro in the XFL. Had academic issues at West Virginia. Uh, a highly, highly touted player out of high school. So I'm taking him here with my f first pick of Phase 4 defensive backs. Kenny Robinson Jr., who we talked to Oliver Luck about on the last show. Next on the clock in our mini mock draft in phase four is Bryant. Good crisp football. So I, I, I went relatively young this entire draft. I'm going to go with some experience here. Uh, a little bit of his draft year was 2011, went undrafted for the University of Florida, but was one of the cornerstones of that Orlando Apollo uh, defense. And I'm going Will Hill out of the University of Florida. Oh. Yeah, I... I, I yeah. Uh, an older player, but I remember him at, at the time. Yeah, this kid had a lot of athletic ability. Thought he was going to be a surefire, you know, NFL standout. This, this didn't work out, but I'm excited to see him in the XFL. This kid, he's like as old as us. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's, he's seasoned, but yeah, he was a part. You're right, Brian. Any, I would really want anybody who was a part of that Steve Spurrier Apollos team. 
I think, are you picking well, all, could beat. all Apollos? <laughs> no, I did not pick all, no, 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 I did. You did pick some as well. Uh, they could beat, by the way, the like Miami Dolphins of the league. Anyway, but that's according <laughs> to Steve Spurrier, anyway. All right, Jake, you are closing it up here. You're on the clock in phase four. Good crisp football. You're talking about the Apollos. Uh, I'm going to go with a Seminole here who stayed in the state of Florida, of Florida to play for the Apollos in uh, Marquez White, cornerback. Wow. that's I think it's pretty cut and dry. We all are picking for the best defense of the last spring league we saw when it came to the secondary. And they had guys from that team go to the NFL as well. Uh, phase four, very, very, very crucial because this is a passing league. You need good defenses. So I expect to see a good mixture of those experienced guys, but also probably a lot of young players getting selected in phase four, which brings us to the wild card round and the specialist round. Phase five, I mean, let's just put this out there. Is any, does anybody expect a kicker or a punter to be picked first in this phase? Yes. What? Are you serious? <laughs> a, probably kicker for, a kicker is a very important position. Maybe not a punter, but I think a kicker. If you have one of the better available kickers, that's absolutely ridiculous. That was absurd. <laughs> I can't oh, believe – oh, my goodness. Well, let's just get into it and see what kicker Bryant picks, I guess. Jake, you're starting us off in the final phase. Specialists, <laughs> and and it's an open phase, so any player is available and specialists here in phase number five. Jake on the clock. Good crisp football. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Whenever it gets down to the real draft, I don't see people picking a kicker first. But since my career and my paycheck is not on the line on this, and I'm just doing this for fun, I'm picking a kicker. Uh, because you're gonna win, you know, you're gonna win or lose probably, I don't know what, two games out of out of a ten game season based on your kicker. That's why I'm going with Roberto uh, Aguayo uh, out of uh, <laughs> another Seminole. Oh my goodness, the, one of the most controversial picks in NFL history. I mean, a huge bust, but okay. Uh, Bryant, you're on the clock. Good crisp football. Yeah. Well, now that Jake basically took my kicker, I'm going to have to go somewhere else along the lines now because I, I just don't trust any of the other kickers right now at this moment in time. Uh, I, this is where I think you can start filling out your roster. I've kind of talked about on the last show that you need uh, probably a defensive uh, front seven because if you only get 10 picks and you're only allowed 10 of those players, you're probably going to lose a couple more backups there. Uh, but I'm going to go because I haven't really talked about it too much. I'm going quarterback. Um there's no way he's probably on the board when this draft comes along, but I did want to talk about him a little bit. And that's uh, BJ Daniels. I wanted to say that if I could take him in this phase, if he's available when I'm when I'm St. Louis, I'm taking him uh, the first pick. It sounds like you got a little embarrassed that you said you were picking a kicker first and you just <laughs> changed your choice. No, no, no. I, I was going to pick the kicker you picked, but then uh, since you picked him, I'm going. I'm I'm, I'm shifting. Uh, sure. Okay. He's <laughs> he's shifting. It's smart, though. You want choices at quarterback. It's smart. I do not blame you for that strategy. Now I'm on the clock, and I'll show you how to do it. Good crisp football. All right. In phase five, if I'm any of these coaches, I am just thinking nothing but linebackers and DBs. I want to have the best defense in this league, and I want to be able to cover and tackle. So with that said, I'm taking a linebacker in this phase. I'm going to go with Deshaun Davis who was a linebacker out of Auburn and is totally checks all the boxes for me in terms of size and speed to cover and tackle. Deshaun Davis, linebacker, Auburn, is my selection in Phase 5. Vince, you're on the clock. Good crisp football. Yeah, I'm, I'm 
kind of on, on the same level of uh, thinking as Alan is that, you know, you got to be able to have, you know, guys on that defense that you can sub in and out and not lose a beat because to keep up with these fast-paced offenses, specifically, you know, the Hal Mummies and June Joneses of the world. It's a young man's uh, league. It, it is. It, it's going to be a struggle, and that's why I, I am going to go uh, defensive line here, and I'm going to go versatility with, with the young man that we talked to, Anthony Johnson Sr. Uh, this guy, he's playing at a good weight right now. He can play inside. He can play outside. He just wants to display his versatility and excellent play. There it is, our mini-mock draft got a glimpse into all of our thinking for how we would draft how we think some of these xfl teams will draft and really so unpredictable because so many different things can happen in a 70 person draft you have no idea what these boards look like for these teams but we try to give you a glimpse into what you might be thinking at least on a base level are there any other standout players or names bryant that you discovered that stand out to you that we didn't mention here that you're going to be watching on uh, tuesday and wednesday Oh, the pressure you put on me. I, I, I will say Nelson Spruce, at wide receiver, good speed, good he, height. He'll, the he's reason the, I picked him. He's the Colorado receiver, right? Correct, yes. Yeah. 2016 undrafted. He caught almost 300 passes in college. Jeez. Uh, that's huge because there were so many dropped passes in the AAF that you need <laughs> someone who you can rely on to actually yeah. catch a ball, regardless of where it is. So someone like that I would definitely look at as well. Um, and then I think, did I have a linebacker? Obum uh, Guachem, I, I guess I really don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, played for the Arizona Hotshots as well out of the University of Oregon State. A 2015 six-round pick for the Seattle Seahawks. I'd definitely take a look at him um, if you need somebody on your defensive line. Yeah, he had a lot of playing time with the Saints too and was semi-productive with them. Uh, I think he was injured a lot. Jake, I have a question for you. Do you necessarily think these players, the league, has kind of spotlighted on their social media with like mini video packages? Do you necessarily think they will be selected high in these drafts? Do you think that indicates they're high on some of these coaches' boards? Uh, I, I would think you would have to assume that, but it, you know, it, it's really too much to discuss in this format. <laughs> I'll say that. I'm, I'm going to be definitely keeping an eye on where B.J. Daniels and, and players like him who with the league have put videos out about uh, go. Um, I'm also really interested to see where guys like, you know, who had thousands upon thousands of yards rushing in, in college and scored tons of touchdowns go. Guys like Donnell Pumphrey, guys like Ralph Webb who went to Vanderbilt, and, and, and guys like Brandon Oliver who was Buffalo's all-time leading rusher. I, I'm fascinated to see how this league approaches the running back position a very controversial position if you ever talk about football in a bar with people there's the camp that if they're a dime a dozen me and then there are the camp that people just want the best possible backs i can't wait to see what these coaches do at that position vince you wrap us up here for the hot read man what do you think about any certain players that we didn't mention here during it, our mini i don't draft? know if this is just a favor to oliver luck or what but um uh, uh noel divine running back out of West Virginia. This guy was in college 10 years ago. <laughs> 10 years ago. Hey, uh, hey, Frank Gore's still playing. Come on. Uh, you know, was an electric five-star player, you know, an excellent athlete, you know, by all accounts. Uh, I think only really had a cup of coffee in the NFL and didn't get a chance to do any of that, uh, that research. I mean, uh, maybe outside of Bob Stoops being in this league, which I still can't get over, uh, this this may be the biggest shocker to me. I'm very curious to see if this guy, you know, has, what he's got left in the tank because, 
you talk about guys that could really, you know, to be electric with the ball in their hands and make big plays in the open field. I mean, this this is a guy that, you know, at one time was, was more than capable of that. Vince, I have one last question. Will a fullback pick be picked anywhere before the last five rounds of phase five? Oh, jeez. Uh, um, yeah, I'll say so. Really? Wow. I I would be surprised, but if there, one. if there is one, I'm calling J.D. Moore, LSU's old fullback, but... Uh, man, so many different. He'd be wearing number eighteen. He was back then. Yeah, I don't know if they'll allow that in the XFL. Oh, I can't wait. I wonder what the number structure is. Do you think we'll see that's offense? A whole, that's a whole show that I. Think You're right, Jake. Put this. a pin in that. I want to talk about if offensive linemen could wear number eighty-eight. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Uh, unless anybody else has any players or anything we need to discuss discuss with regards to the draft, I think we covered about as much as we can here without taking this another three hours. Alan, we only talked about 23 players. We have another, you know, 500 and what not to go. We're ending <laughs> you know, the show now. How how about we just put a pin in it till Tuesday and Wednesday when we're actually at the draft, Brian, you and I, and we could just discuss all the players as they're getting drafted and as more information comes in because we're going to be right there in the thick of it. That is true. You're right. Okay. We'll put a pin in this one then for a yeah. couple days. Sa- save it till, till the draft because we're going to be there, baby. All right. Thank you so much to everybody uh, for listening to both episodes this week. If you did, we appreciate you. If you didn't catch episode 90 from uh, Thursday, go check it out. That's on our podcast feed or uh, on our YouTube channel. And this episode, I thought, uh, was pretty cordial, all things considered. Although uh, I'm going to be giving Brian hell for a while for thinking a kicker is going to go first in phase one or phase five. When it doesn't happen, uh, I'm I'm going to be pointing and laughing, Brian. Just be just. Be ready for that come uh, Wednesday or Tuesday, whenever Your quarterback thing is way more absurd. Way more absurd. I don't know about that. Jake. About it, what? Take, taking a quarterback in for the overall number one pick? Yeah. No, taking a quarterback. Well, yeah, overall number one pick I, or or a kicker as a number one overall pick. I mean, it, it's not for me, but I could see it happening. I, I really There's could. no – if Pep Hamilton takes a quarterback – Oh, man. So much to discuss if that happens. I hope he does, and then I hope we interview him on the show on Tuesday, and you have to explain yourself for doubting him. And then he puts you in your place. (laughs) We'll see. I cannot wait. Tuesday, phase one. Hold on, Alan. Pep Hamilton can put me in his place. Put me in my place anytime he wants. He's way more of an expert than I am. He's got to answer to Coach Moss if he don't. (laughs) All he's going to say... All he's going to say is, I wanted another quarterback. That's why. And then you're going to say, okay, sir. <laughs> Look, I really, I mean, I don't know what anybody, uh, any of these coaches are actually going to do, what's going to happen. You know, all I know, and this is the truth, all I know is Coach Moss is right. That's all I know. Well, we'll, we'll see. I, I can't wait to react to these picks and uh, find out what's going to be going on in Stanford at XFL headquarters during the XFL draft. We will be there, so keep keep it locked to all the XFL social media channels. They're going to be doing all kinds of awesome stuff uh, during the draft to keep everybody informed on what's going on and to give people sneak peeks into what's going on. And uh, We're going to be there, be a part of it, so follow them at XFL2020 on all the social media channels, XFL.com. And their YouTube channel, it's going to be popping on Tuesday and Wednesday. We appreciate everybody for subscribing to this podcast. Appreciate all of our gentle patrons on Patreon. So much content to give you now that the draft is coming. There's going to be players to talk about afterwards, arguing, analyzing. 
I mean, lots and lots of work to do. And if you have opinions, we want to hear them at XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or call in 724-565-4XFL. If you think Brian's crazy for thinking kickers will be taken first in Phase 5, if you think I'm crazy for wanting a quarterback right out of the gates, even though I've already been assigned a quarterback in Phase 1, let us know your opinion. Or if you like Jake's uh, philosophy, because he actually spoke pretty eloquently for being the guy who was saying, I have no idea going into this thing. Uh, you're welcome, Jake. <laughs> yeah, ch- checks in the mail. <laughs> if you love Bryant Kuyper Jr. and want that to be an ongoing character on the show, let us hear it at XFL Show. Now, thanks, everybody. Awesome week. Uh, really had a blast uh, doing two shows. Look forward to more weeks with multiple shows. And looking forward to seeing you all from the XFL Draft on October 15th and October 16th, next Tuesday and Wednesday. For Vince... For Jake, for Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening. And DC, you're on the clock.